Welcome to the Testimony Word broadcast from the Cupid's House Chapel International. Our mission is to bring healing, transformation, and meaning to the lives of people in different societies with the good news of Jesus Christ. When you allow yourself to grow in a relationship with Him, you start getting filled up. When you are full of the Spirit, eh, you will be restrained and constrained from doing some things that are not of honest report. God's servant delivers the word of truth with clarity, simplicity, and dexterity. Here is Pastor Francis Aubin proclaiming God's mind to you today. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful unto you. We thank you for the opportunity to be in your presence. We give you all the praise. We give you all the thanks. We give you all the glory. Pray tonight. Your word is a blessing unto us. We know we are not going to live here until we are edified by your word. In Jesus' name, say a big amen. Amen. Psalm 48, verse 9. We have taught of thy loving kindness, O God, in the midst of thy temple. Praise the Lord. We are talking about the mercy of God, part 9. Praise the Lord. Take your seat. The scripture we just considered... It's making reference to the fact that we have taught of thy loving kindness. So one of the synonyms of mercy Bible uses is loving kindness. Praise the Lord. Sometimes we see tender mercies, loving kindness. We see a couple of them that are used as synonyms for mercy. And it says we have taught of thy loving kindness. So one of the reasons why mercy is important is or how God sees mercy to be something that his children should be thinking about from time to time. Praise the Lord. Mercy should be something that children of God should be thinking about from time to time so that um, what will happen? Look at the scripture. In the temple of the Lord. Praise God. It's something that you and I should be thinking about from time to time as we are in God's presence. Because sometimes your mind can actually be moving from left to right, thinking about things that do not bring you a lot of spiritual blessings. But he says that in thy temple, one of the things that we have taught about is your loving kindness. That means that any time we come into the presence of God, we are supposed to be hearing or thinking about the mercies of God. Praise the Lord. We are supposed to be what? We are supposed to be hearing about the mercy of God so that we can be thinking about the mercy of God. So, in the presence of God, one of the constants is the mercy of God. Praise the Lord. That's why we are teaching about the mercy. Because, but for the mercy of God itself, you and I will not be here. It's the ticket to God's presence. Praise the Lord. It's the ticket to God's presence. And it's very important that as a child of God, your mind must be saturated with the mercy of God. Praise the Lord. Are you here with me? Because you can be in the presence of God and be thinking about other things. <laughs> other things have consumed you. You have taken over your mind. 
But the writer is saying that we have taught about thy loving kindness. Even in the midst of thy temple. Praise the Lord. <laughs> it's powerful. Mercy is powerful. So that is something that should be on our mind all the time. And the reason why God wants mercy to be on our minds all the time is because there are great blessings we receive for thinking on the mercy of God. Because you see, what you meditate on will determine the kind of product your life will bring out. So if you meditate on mercy, one of the benefits that's going to happen, which will be our benefit number 15 today, is that the mercy helps the believer to trust God. It helps the believer to do what? When you think about the mercies of God, it helps you as a child of God to trust God. In Psalm 36, 7 to 9, Psalm 36, 7 to 9, you will see that the Bible said, How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. They shall be what? Abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house. And thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasures. I love it. For with thee is the fountain of life. In thy light shall we see what? Light. So you see that the verse 8 and the verse 9 are showing us some blessings that could come unto the child of God. And he says that they shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house. Say amen. amen. That is your portion in Jesus name. Amen. This month of March, you shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of his house. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasures. <laughs> One of the pleasures of God is to prosper his children. One of the pleasures of God is to actually give you good health. I wish above all things that thou mayest um, have good health, prosper, praise the Lord. And all of that is one of the, he said, God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his saint. So he said, you will drink of the river of his pleasures. So there are things that fascinate God, that thrill God. There are things that make God happy. And one of them is long life, good health, good marriage, prosperity. It says that one of the things you are going to get in the presence of us, you are feasting on mercy, you will drink. Not of Satan's desire for you, God's pleasure for your life. And verse 9 says that for with thee is the fountain of life. Somebody say life. In thy light we shall see light. Praise the Lord. But the whole matter is built on the verse 7. Look at the verse 7. Oh. The verse 7 says that. How excellent is thy loving kindness. That mercy there. Loving kindness is a mercy. Oh God, therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. So you will see that there is a relationship between the excellency of God's mercy and 
God's children trust in him. That when the mercies of God are available to us, when we tap into it, it helps us thinking about it in book. Helps us to be able, therefore, the children of men shall put their trust in it. People that God shows mercy, they don't find it difficult to trust in God. And when you think of the mercies of God, you don't find it difficult to trust God in difficult circumstances. First of all, trusting God in the first place as your maker. Your Lord and your Savior. It's not difficult when you understand mercy. Oh yes. <laughs> because sometimes some things are not in place in your life. And it might affect your confidence or trust in God. But when you know that even the absence of those things in your life is still a function of God's abundant mercy. Man, you will trust God. Yes. That you didn't have it is still by the mercy of God. I'm telling you, Kofi Babonier, it's not good. Better that you don't have a child than have Kofi Babonier. Because that one can just consume you. And God knows what he is doing. And it is only people who think of the mercy of God that I woke up today is by the mercy of God that understand that even though I'm not seeing my wishes come to pass, God knows what he's doing. And because of that, I will not turn my back on God. When you think of the mercy of God, that's why I started by quoting that scripture. We are taught of the mercy of You see that people who think of the mercy of God they don't easily lose their trust in God. But that you think that some things have happened based on God's mercy and others have happened based on the occurrence of this life or the occurrences of this life makes you to begin to dilly-dally between trusting God and trusting in other things or not trusting anything at all. But when you know that your life is a function of the mercy of God, it helps you to trust God. That is one. Number two. That without the mercy of God itself. It is impossible for a human being to be able to trust God. Please open your eyes. Oh, that you are here and you are able to trust God. And say Jesus is my Lord and my personal savior. It is by the mercies of God. Oh you don't think so. You don't think so. <laughs> The kind of errors and sins we commit or we have committed, man. We are not supposed to be brought anywhere near God. That you see, God Himself said in Ezekiel, said, I will give them a heart of flesh and remove the stony heart. I'm just telling you that. If God doesn't show you mercy to give you the heart of flesh, you have no ability or capability to trust God. The human heart you know, doesn't have what it takes to trust God. That somebody is able to trust God is a function that God has located that person with mercy. 
So normally when you are struggling, that's why I say that nobody can come to me except the father ask the person to come. That's why some people, they are morally sound than you are, but they still don't trust God. Because the mercy has not given them that way. Hey. Hey. And some people who, you see, when your sin is great, you should even trust God. Some people who are more sinners than we are, we are trusting God and they are not trusting God. It's a mystery. Sometimes when you see some people that don't want to have anything to do with God, you even ask yourself, what, what, what their lives, you know? Hey, God, help me. What is even there? You see, sometimes when there is even something there, we can, we can just chalk and say that maybe because of the something that is there. That's why the person feels that I'm okay. But there's nothing there. It's like a poor person who is arrogant at the same time. So sometimes when you see people, hey, Charlie, that you see that trusting in God has a lot of blessings. Praise the Lord. But I'm just telling you that it is not everybody who has been given that license to enter that blessing. And that is why some people who need God's help and they are the verge where they must give their heart to trusting God. They still are not able to trust God. Listen, I don't know how to, God should help me explain to you. Hey. It's like some people have been cursed to stay in a curse. Look at Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 5. Just, just watch that scripture very carefully. Jeremiah 17, verse number 5. And if you look at that scripture, you'll find, I said, that saith the Lord, curse be the man that trusted in man. You see that? The man who doesn't trust in God is cursed. And maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departed from the Lord. So people don't trust in God. Who trust in other men? Who, whose heart depart from God? They are what kind of people are they? Yeah, I'm just telling you that some people that that it takes mercy to take them out of the case. That they have not been shown the mercy to come out of the case. <laughs> That's why to to know that some people know that going to Christ will bring them liberty, but they have not had the power to come. And it takes mercy that you know you are there. I will come to me. Sorry, come to me. Just my me. You are there. And it's like I trust God. No matter. Look, when things happen to you, and you are still able to wake up and say, "I'm not backsliding. I trust God." Anyway, God has shown you mercy. That it is the mercy of God that will make you wake up from your brokenness and still say that though he slays me, 
Yet will I what? It is just, it means that, that God has shown you mercy. Like he showed Job. That in his tribulation, he was still able to trust God. Is that one is the definition of what? Mercy. Yeah. It's not what God did for him. That one is not the mercy. The mercy is that he did not abandon his trust in God for his restoration. You, you are not hearing. You better hear this. You know, I'm just telling you that people abandon that thing, that trust, so that they stay in the case. And if Job had abandoned his trust in God, his life would have continued like that, and the sickness would have consumed him. So the mercy of God was what kept him to still trust in God for his restoration. The mercy is not the healing that came. The mercy is, is that thing, that unseen hand that said that brother Job, even though you are in trouble, still trust God. And it is that release of his trust for God that brought the release of the blessing that changed his story. So he said, some people go into some things and they are not able to stick with God. Something has gone wrong with, with the mercy they are dealing with. Are you here at all? That's the end of the world. Are you here to here? Are you sure you are here? So you see that some things will hit you and say, Sammy, hear me. Sammy, hear me. But I'm still going with the Lord. <laughs> the boy broke my heart. And sometimes when the boy is even, you know, sometimes boys in church have just shown everybody that you are the girl. And then they are there and they say that, my sister Marjorie, after advertising you, so sometimes you feel like, Leaving the church, you feel like leaving God because hey, Charlie Jack Toronto broke my heart and the suffocate ones were breaking my heart. Or something, you know, something we cannot imagine sometimes happens and it, some people get depressed, some people lose their mind. Some people listen that you the mercy is that you are supposed to be in Pantai, Ankafo, or psychiatric hospital in Accra. There, are you here at all? For what happened to you? The mercy is that you didn't lose that mind, and that mind didn't lose its trust for God. What sustains you to be able to trust God? It's called what? Because listen to me. The weaknesses of men. Our weakness. Including the pastor. Preaching this thing. Man, my weakness is plenty. Bible says that we remember that our frame is what? Clay. But clay. Clay is breakable, crackable. Washable. It's like, you, you see that you are there and you feel like not existing. <laughs> I don't know if God is talking. Is God talking to somebody here? Say, Father, I thank you for your mercy that is able to help me to trust in you. 
I will trust in you always. Oh, ancient. Yes, I know what to know. Of this beautiful song for you. Trust in you. Always. Sing it. I will trust in you. Always. Thank you, Father. Always. Lift your hands, say, I receive mercy to trust God. One more time, say, I receive mercy to trust God. Can I say something here? When you are believing for something great, it is mercy that will help you to come to that term that God can do it. It's not everybody. It's like, it's not everybody who has a womb. Those people cannot even naturally conceive. You understand? What helps you to be able to conceive whatever you are believing God for? To trust that God is the one who can give you that job. That thing is called what? It is when mercy finds you that it gives you that enabling atmosphere, environment to even think and conceive that with God such a thing is possible. Or else... That is why people can be in church forever and still be doubters. (laughs) I preach a message. You remember the message? Doubters in his presence. When the angel met Zachariah, he said, you are going to have a son. He said, are you talking to me or you are talking to the person I came to intercede for? Right in the presence of God, he was doubting. That's why you see that in the Old Testament, when an angel will appear to somebody, God has shown you mercy. He has shown you mercy. And it is that mercy that will make you to say that, oh, means so. I'm trusting God to build a house. Or else, you can be holding all the money that can build a house. You will never have that trust to be able to build a house. That's why you can see that some people can go and loan money, borrow money, from financial engineers to do a project that those engineers have not even desired to do. Hey! I'm preaching, but what do you think I came here to do? I'm saying that this year, you will walk in mercy and you will never lose your trust for God. Shout a louder, Amen! Do you know why this point is very important? Because so many people, as they walk with the Lord, they become shaky. That maybe one day I will backslide. Maybe one day I will lose my faith, my trust for God. Maybe, but you have to know that what really cushions you to be able to trust God is not your mind. It's not even your natural love for God. There is something helping you to trust. It's a mercy of God. So there, there can be a lot of pastors preaching in the pulpit, but they have lost their trust for God. When they are preaching, when you go to Europe, it's just a job people do. 
So it takes mercy for you to see a pastor preaching who really practically in reality trusts God and trusts in what they are preaching. Many even preach and they don't trust in what they are preaching. That to marry the two, it takes the mercy of God. And it is not because you are prayerful. It's not because the one who is not trusting is prayerless. It's just mercy. It's just what? Pray for mercy for me. Stay for your hands. Say, God, I pray for mercy for my pastor. That is why, let me tell you something. If you look at 20 years ago, some pastors used to believe in the supernatural. But after 20 years, they don't believe in the supernatural again. Because it takes mercy to continue to trust God for what God really is. And not to lose it in between time. I wish I could stay here. Hey. But the, the, the benefit number 16 is mercy, the mercy of God helps the believer to walk in truth. Helps the believer to do what? To walk in truth. First is to w- trust God. Second is to walk in truth. Psalm 26 verse 3. Watch it carefully. Psalm 26 verse 3. Oh, this year you have the ability to trust God. Trust God for a job. Trust God for a marriage. Trust God and walk with God all the days of your life. That amen should be louder. Trust God for your healing. Receive it in Jesus' name. May the mercy of the Lord give you that opportunity. Yeah. Please put that something. Let's read it together. One go. For thy loving kindness is before my eyes. And I have walked in thy truth. People who see mercy walk in truth. I'm just, I'm just showing you that when you see somebody walking in error. Walking in falsehood. What you pray for them is what? I can't hear you. It's what? <laughs> that you and I don't think that we must be homosexuals and lesbians. It's by mercy. Because some guys sitting here right now, when they are walking and you see they are bonbon, oh, they manifest some things. But it's just by mercy that they have not even thought of becoming one. And some girls here look really like boys. But it's by mercy that you will never be a boy to another girl. <laughs> yeah, that you are walking in the truth. It's God talking to somebody. It's by mercy that your child will walk in the truth. It's not by training. <laughs> people have trained people from textbook to whatever they train. When the child went to secondary school, Something entered like Satan entered Judas on the table. Whilst they were sitting by the table. And then child just veered off. Moved from the, the, the street to the railway. That's why you see that a pastor's child can become something. It's, this thing is not by prayer. This thing is by what? I'm talk- Are you here at all? It's by what? That somebody is walking in the truth. Ah. And you're able to differentiate between <laughs> truth and falsehood. Good and bad. Right and wrong. 
brother, sister, it's not because you are intelligent. That you see temptation and you say, <coughs> what jo- Joseph did, that he ran away from Mrs. Potiphar. No, it's not because the guy hated him. It's because of mercy. mercy. God just showed him mercy. That he did not entangle his destiny in the web of Mrs. Potiphar. His mercy. That made him to walk in the truth. That how can I sleep with another man's wife? It is just by mercy. If mercy doesn't cushion you, the human heart is desperately wicked. As I'm standing here right now, let God redraw his mercy. You will see foolishness to the nonsense degree. You, you will see that Nippon you see there's something called, called the restraining arm of God. Are you here at all? <laughs> that is why I see women like trees. Ha! Almost. When the mercy, I beg, I beg, I beg. When they redraw this thing, nothing matters again. The only thing that matters is error. I'm telling you that you are no better than the person who is misbehaving in error. The only thing is that mercy has found you, and that's why you are able to walk in the truth. That sometimes you are put under pressure and somebody else even standing afar lies that I don't understand why she's frustrating herself. You find it difficult even to lie. Even if you will be jailed. Ah, it's messy. It's what? It's messy. To walk in the truth that you don't want to do abortion. You don't want to, you need rent. And somebody's husband is saying, let him just enter small, like the tip, the tip of the, just the tip, the tip, the tip. That's what uh, the, the, the rich man told Lazarus. He said, Abraham, he said, tell Lazarus to dip the tip into water. It's like coke. And give it to me. That the man said. The man didn't say would enter. He said he just just want to use the the, the tip to just brush brush the outer <laughs> outer court, and the rent will be paid for five years with a parking car. Charlie. To look at that, and every month I'll give you f- f- some four five thousand Ghana cities for for your upkeep. You know, to look at the way where you come from and how you have been suffering, and say, my brother, my uncle, if it is not free, go away. Let, let me sleep in the gutter, Charlie. It's not because you love God. <laughs> it is because mercy is what keeping you. It's mercy that makes you walk in the truth. We need to pray for our children for God's mercy. We need to pray for the youth for God's mercy. We need to that somebody is there is thinking that I have to be a homosexual. If you read Romans chapter 1, you see that mercy has been withdrawn from that person. That's why he's thinking that way. 
So rather than say it's evil, oh, it's evil, oh, we know it's evil and an abomination. God hates it. He calls it reprobate. But the real solution is that God have mercy. God do what? And show them mercy. It is when God shows somebody mercy, the scales will now just whoo, from the eye. Wow. Wow. What? That's what somebody says. Hey, why am I in this thing? Why am I? Your boss is, is, is you, you and your boss are there. You are, you are there or you were there. Either you were there or you are there. Or you are planning to what? Be there. It's like you are going to what? Be there. It is just the mercy of God. That will make you see a boss. Charlie. I'll take the thousand five, you know, like that. The extra allowances. Sean, Sean up. Sean up. Charlie, you chop one, two, three, and they see the money they give me. Sean. It's messy. Messy, put a bit to me. I'm with Jinawa, say, at the end of you. Are you here? Are you sure you are here? Put your hand on your and say, God, I need mercy. So, don't say mercy. Oh, you need what? <laughs> mercy. Plenty. Hey. Hmm. You see that error, error, falsehood is there by and then the mercy of God and will just restrain you and tell you that there is a blessing in walking in the truth. And you see that your heart delights <laughs> in the truth to follow the truth of God's word. You, you see that you have a delight ah, for the truth. It's by mercy. It's by mercy. Praise the Lord. Can we pray one prayer, one more? Say, Father, may my generation not walk in falsehood. Show my generation mercy in the mighty name of Jesus. One more time. Can you pray like you understand this revelation? Say, Father, from today I pray for your mercy to walk in your truth and for my generation to walk in your truth by your mercy in Jesus' mighty name. Clap your hands and bless the Lord. Sometimes, some temptations are, it's like a business proposition to you. Like, I have a business proposition to you. If you accept A, B, C, D, I will do A, B, C, D. And they say, go and think about it. Think about it. About it. Think about it. So what does I do? When I say, you know, indirectly, you, know, you have become a shareholder in the company for accepting that kind of proposition. Yes. So, it can't really change things. Or what do you think? Are you here? 
Uh, behind the mask, you can smile to me. We, we are just, yeah, just smile. Let me see the smile in your eyes. Because the way you your so, somebody want their eyes to look guilty. But I'm just giving an example. Example led by the spirit and illustration. Hey. There is nothing, you see, a spontaneous temptation. Eh? You can also have that spontaneity from the spirit to jump out. But the one that they give you, look at what the Bible said. <laughs> ah, God, save us. He said that when you fall into temptation, don't say it's God. Oh, that before the temptation, you have been thinking and conceiving it. And, and you are falling into it because of your own lust. And lust is not an event. Last there is a process that you have been consumed. Something that consumes you didn't start today. Achha. I'm saying that one of the hardest temptations to deal with is when the man says, I love you, go and think about it. Anytime you are, you are, you now, you are okay. Come. Unless <laughs> you say, I can't you for. God have mercy. I think God have mercy is more spiritual. Things will be happening to you that that person is the go-to person who has a solution. Bounce back. I have a bounce check. I've told you to think about it. If you are not thinking about it, go and think about it. You won't say don't come and say, but go and think about it. I will see what I can do about it, but go and think about it. Oh, God. Hey, if it is not the mercy of God that brought it tonight, and I'm telling you, let us by Saturday. Oh, Kobia Tariachi say, Be ye fipoto. That's why I make an amazing Somebody say, God have mercy, yo. Eh. Say, I'm not going back. I'm not going back. I refuse to walk in error. <laughs> I will walk in the truth by the mercy of God. Come on now, come on now. Say, no error is on my life. Because mercies are in my life. Therefore, I will walk in the truth, never in falsehood and in error. In the mighty name of Jesus. Say, I receive plenty mercies. I can't hear you. Say, I receive plenty of God's mercy for my journey. Clap your hands and bless the Lord. This is powerful. Is it powerful? Can we preach some more? <laughs> Uh, I'm even trying to alter the note. Hey, it's a blessing, Papa. Radoshe Pradikarasta. What will mercy do for you? Benefit number 17. Is that not so? Mercy guarantees divine settlement in life. It guarantees what? divine settlement in life. Let me prophesy upon you right now. And then you continue your writing. May the Lord settle you in Jesus name. This month of March, 
may Jehovah himself settle your matter for you. I said, may Jehovah himself settle you. May you be settled in the mighty name of Jesus. I said, pause the writing small and receive it. I said, whatever you have not been settled with, that you must be settled with. In this month of March, be settled in the name of Jesus. Please take your seat. In 1 Chronicles chapter 17, verse 11 to 14, God was talking to David about Solomon. In 1 Chronicles 17, 11, he said, And it shall come to pass, when thy days be expired, that thou must go to be with thy fathers, that I will raise up thy seed after thee, which shall be of thy sons, and I will establish his kingdom. He was talking to David. I mean, prophet Nathan was talking to David. Right from verse 1 up to this point. And he said in verse 12, he told David that you won't build a temple. Your son will build a temple. Verse 12, he said, that your son, he says that, he said, God, he shall build me an house. Praise the Lord. Because in verse 1, he has already told David that, no, 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 you want to build, but you won't build. I'm saying that it takes mercy even for God to allow you to do some things for his kingdom. You don't do it because you have money. That's why people who have money and they say, eh, but I can do, but I won't do. If I don't do, nobody will do. It's funny. God is just trying to show you mercy. To give an offering, no, it's by mercy. It's by what? Mercy. It's by mercy that you are there and you feel like giving what? An offering. That is a sign that God is what? Showing you mercy. That David was there, I said, I'm going to build a house for the Lord. God said, this one there, selection and count. That it takes the message of God for your for you even to be given opportunity to give an offering. To give a first fruit. You know, it's a sign that God has shown you what? It's not, it's not because somebody wants to collect your money. No. It's that the people, that's why people have heard this message before you. They have not been able to do it. It's that God showed you mercy. Hey. Look at someone and say, hey. <laughs> Say, David, you want to build? No, you won't build. Oh, I, I should show you. Let's go to verse 1. Nice, pa. Verse 1. One day, David was there. He said, look at my house. Now it came to pass, as David sat in his house, that David said to Nathan the prophet, Lo, I dwell in a house of cedars, but the ark of the covenant of the Lord remaineth under curtains. Verse 2. Then Nathan said to David, do all that is in thine heart, for God is with thee. The prophet was telling him, see, oh, prophet, when he heard, I said, oh, go ahead and, I mean, do something for the Lord. Verse 3. And it came to pass the same night. Which night? Let me tell you. It's not everything the prophet is telling you that has been sanctioned by God. Oh. The same night, you know, that the word of the Lord came to Nathan saying, hey, for go and tell that David you told before. Eh? And David is still my servant. Too. Thou sayeth the Lord, thou shalt not build me a house to dwell in. 
<laughs> you, it is not your selection. I'm saying that, that you have an opportunity to sing here. That you have been the one to be singing here. It's a sign that God has shown you what? It's very simple. But, but for the mercy, they will know. There's no way you'll be selected to be an usher. Because the word usher, you don't understand. Because you don't even know whether it's usher or usher or ushers. Or washes. You don't know. What do you do in church? I'm a washer. Me a washer, sorry. Hey, ready? We are Lift your hand. Say, settle me, God. So, in verse twelve, we have seen that he's saying that your son. Please, let's read verse twelve. Break his ofrekesh stone, Amanda. He shall build me a house, and I will est- and I will, I will establish his throne forever. Thirteen. I will be his father, and he shall be my son. I will not take my mercy away from him, as I took it from him that was before thee. Now, remember that the prophet is not speaking to Solomon. The prophet is speaking to who? David. And he's saying to David that he's going to give David an opportunity for his son to be on the throne. And that son, look at the 13 very well. I'm just showing you, those of you who just said, God's mercy endure it forever. God's mercy. Watch this scripture very well. Watch it. He said, I will be his father and he shall be my son. And I will not Take my mercy away from him. As I took it from him that was before the Who was before David? Who? Please, who? So, how did he lose the throne? Because what? I can't hear you. Uh, one more time. It's like you are in the Bible. What happened? I'm saying that when you feel like you don't want to play the keyboard in church again, go on your knees and beg God. Please. No, no, no. It's not like some people called me that we should go and do giggle. Mercy is being taken away from you. Beg God. God, listen. Please. You, please. Don't, please. Please, pa. Please, pa. This thing that I've been doing like is foolishness, but please. Mercy can be taken away from people. And it started from the top. If God takes it away from the top man, look, down man, don't mention your name. If God takes it away from the king, Makes him lose his, his mind. The man became mad. The man became demon possessed. He lost his throne and he died in a battlefield by a stray bullet. Because mercy 
But that's why I say when mercy is redrawn, you become vulnerable and exposed to all forms of satanic. Are you understanding it now? So we should appreciate this thing called the mercy of God. It is your cover. It is that mercy that God redrew from Nebuchadnezzar that his skin was looking like a grass cutter. And have you seen an old grass cutter, grandpapa grass cutter before? You see that the one to two man the preaching is is it powerful already receive grace in Jesus name you see that he said I will not take mercy away from, from him like I took from the one that was before you and because of this look at what the bible said in the next verse because the mercy will be on ground. He said, but I will settle him in my house and in my kingdom forever. And his throne shall be established forevermore. Because mercy will be on ground. I will settle him. Lift your hand and say, Father, settle me all in the mighty name of Jesus. One more time, one more time. Say, Father, pour your mercy on me. And settle me. Sister. Sister. I want to talk to you. What settles you. In relationship. And if you like marriage. It's not the silkiness of your hair. It's not even. earthquake that's what settles you. That's all I'm telling you. That's all what settles you. I will settle him. Many people in church need to be settled. Brother, some of you will chop 40 this year. You must settle. Some of you are getting, it's like the function is approaching 40. It's approaching. This man has passed it. And the danger with this man is that the next whistle, you see, when you pass 40, you are doing second half. And when second half starts, the next major whistle you hear, no, it means a game over. Now, what is even dangerous with people like him is that, you know, sometimes the, the, <laughs> I'm preaching this, you know, I, pre- I said the Lord will settle you are. I preach, I'm preaching this, you think I'm not preaching this thing. The danger in this thing is that, you see, sometimes when you are in a, a knockout stage and all of that, and then there's no, nobody has scored. The match can be extended for 30 more minutes. We call it extra time. But on no shabra basana no shego. This is when we say, why you do our bank sa wa twatana wa twadine. So it's like he's already leading by some one gobi. And to we are dead because you have succeeded small before. We are dead. The next major whistle you are hearing. It's not extra time. Because you are not doing draw there. You have already bought one cabi. 
Wacha bako. Tukute prem. Ubete bako na. Na sikuwa first no mbwa prem 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 prem. Na sikuwa mbwa. Omo born one be star be. Omo born prem. Everybody will stop playing. Just agrego. Hey, wa wacha bako biya next whistle. May the Lord settle you now. Please, I'm prophesying. Oh, don't play with this, you know. I said the Lord will settle you in this life. Yeah. You see, in a service like this, there's a room for understanding. And then there's a room to receive prophetic declaration. Do you understand? There's a room for you to, okay, okay, this is what the Bible is saying. Okay, ah, now I understand. Like, wow. And the Holy Ghost is teaching you. Then there is a time he wants you to receive. You can't use the mind of understanding to be receiving when it's time for prophecy. You need to shift. You need to be shifting back and forth. When it's prophecy, you shift and receive. When it's time for understanding, you shift and call. Are you here at all? Maratu kuata kalada. I said the Lord will settle you by mess. The Lord must settle you now. Your settlement is now. May the Lord settle you now. You need to be settled. You need to be settled. I was in a sign that you are being settled. Look at the scripture. That verse 14 says, but I will settle him. That is number one. Understand that. Settlement is a divine decision. It's a supernatural decision. The way somebody was destabilized and dethroned. That's how God now says that. This one there, I will settle him. Say, I'm the one God is going to settle. One more time. Say, I received the mercy for God to settle my matter. In my marriage, my career, in my children, in my finances, say, Father, settle me now. Very powerful. Settle me. I will settle him in my house and in my kingdom forever. And his throne shall be established forevermore. Oh, more. That is to say that people who are settled are people who work in establishment. A sign that you have been settled is not today you are borrowing and tomorrow you are fine and now you're going to borrow in again. It's like up and down. It's not a sign that you have been settled. A sign that you have been settled means that you have now attained a certain level of what? Establishment or stability. Hi. This is what makes you know that you and I know all of us, we need settlement. We need what? Some have money, they don't have a husband. You must be settled. Some have a husband, they don't have money. One of the things that really beat my mind there. Eh? They said this one I was listening to um, some radio. And they were talking about some of the conspiracy theories about the COVID-19 vaccine. That they say the thing kills the manhood. <laughs> I'm telling you, they say the thing kills the manhood. And some people say that it makes women um, sterile. It's not true. It's not what? 
They say one guy in Takrade like that. He was talking to his friend. He says that he already has about 15 children. He said he has heard that the thing, the vaccine kills manhood. So he, you know, he's not going to take the vaccine. I said, Now, no, Kaka, why would 15 crowded at And come on, far away, chow away. And your family planning, man. I don't know about Ghana. I was saying, can you be chowed here? And Kakovi didn't come. Chale? Hey! God have mercy. Evans, why are you crying? Sure. God will, God will settle you. God will settle you. God is, one of the things I've not understood is how people who have the heart, the love, and financial resources to take care of children struggle to find them. And some people who don't even know where they are three-year-old child woke up in the morning and passed. Free-range parent. I said, Ajay, Papa Nankase, ah, Makayo. She said, I even remembered you. No? The, the sister will be pregnant. The thing surprises me. I'm telling you this, and I'm not joking. This I've asked this question to, I've asked God severally. This is a mystery to me. Ah. But God's wisdom, eh? Man, we can't beat it all. But the Lord will settle somebody here. I said, God will settle somebody here. You love children, may God settle you. You love a job, may God settle you. Whatever it is, may the Lord settle you. Sometimes you see that the settlement, you know, upon. 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 Do you know that the people who were relocated for the Akosombo Dam to be built, some of them are still not settled. Yeah. The office Joel here. The money they gave them. Some of them, they are still playing dilly-dally. Like, the real thing, the compensation, in real value, you know, it's like it's a joke. Hey. You see that time has gone. There's no settlement. Some people, they are living their lives there. Eh? It's like you are on oxygen. At the ICU. Life support. God must settle you. God must what? I can't hear you. God must what? That, see, Hannah went to Shiloh and said, God, I beg you. Settle me. Do what? I, can't, I want this thing to enter your heart. Oh. Show me mercy and do what? Settle, I settle me. Because sometimes you look into your family and you know that the, we are king. You will not be settled. Because it's a family of non-settlers. And I will come. So you, know, you need mercy for God to what? Kai. And 
And as you have entered into this city of mercy, may the Lord settle you. I didn't hear that. Amen. Say, may the Lord settle somebody here. Father, we don't need to scream and do a deep revelation. Let by your mercy, a sister and a brother here be settled. Let a sister and a brother here be settled. Father, settle your children here. In the mighty name of Jesus, settle your people. Shout a louder, amen. Say, Father, settle me. I can't hear you. Say, Father, Father, settle me, settle me. Say, God, settle me. By your mercy, settle me. You see that, Charlie? Solomon Pope. His mother was not a very clean woman. But God just decided that I will settle him. You see, you see, intelligent people, they know the work, but they never get the consultancy. They'll go and give it to some people and they'll come and give them peanut. Hey! God must settle us. God must what? God must say, when there is an age limit on what you are looking for, and you are either close or you are past. It is God who must settle you. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you. Didn't you hear this week that they were talking about um, the council of state that they should advise the president about people, CEOs who are close to the line of um, retirement and all of that, close to 60 or 65. They should, should advise the president. If those people say, let them go, they will be settled. If you say, don't let them go, it can become another matter for a lot of people. So I'm saying that sometimes, you know, we are by you. I won't say when you're age B, and I won't worry. I'm to say crocodile skin. Oh, ah, would you trebine? Answer at Timuama. So, and she said, one fine trebine. Terrazzo by Padia. When Piazzi knew her, any pants of it to me, I tell her, Mama. Sadden Chamskin, wait. If it is not God Himself who must settle you, this crocodile skin, who married? Lift your hands, say, My Father, overlook everything and settle me now by your mercy. Now, hey. God will settle you here. And no matter what is against you, may the Lord settle you tonight. That amen is not coming out at all. God must settle you. God must settle you. And the key I want to talk about is called the key of prayer. The key of what? Prayer. prayer. Nehemiah. Nehemiah. Very powerful message tonight. Uh, the thing is just really ministering to me. 
Even before we do the Nehemiah, do Psalm 17 verse 6 to 7 very quickly. Psalm 17 verse 6 to 7. I have called upon thee for thou will hear me O God incline thine ear unto me and hear my speech praise the Lord the next verse says show thy marvelous loving kindness O thou that savest by thy right hand them which put their trust in thee from those that rise up against them. Loving kindness. Loving prayer. Connecting with marvelous loving kindness. Marvelous mercy. One of the ways to secure mercy is not arrogance. Or knowing that God is merciful. That's not the way to... One of the ways to secure mercy is praying and asking God to incline his ears unto you and show you his marvelous what? Loving kindness. Some people think that uh, God is their size. And the way you know that you are thinking God is your size is that I don't need anything. It's a lie. I'm going to show you that you don't just need things so you are in trouble as you are sitting here right now. So for people to walk in mercy, they need to pray and ask God for it. Nehemiah 1.11. Just look at the scripture very carefully. Nehemiah 1.11. Very powerful scripture. Nehemiah 1.11. Every day pray, Oh Lord, I beseech thee. Is he not praying? Let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant. <laughs> And to the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear thy name and prosper, I pray thee, thy servant this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. For I was a king's cabbera. Grant him mercy. In the, he was praying, Father, listen to the prayer of thy servant, whoever was praying. And then he said, now, listen also to the prayer of thy servant. That's a congregation. And grant mercy in the sight of this man. That's, it takes prayer for mercy to be granted. That's the point I want to make to you. It takes what? Prayer. For mercy. That's why when we meet here Saturday morning and we are praying. Man. We are telling God our God. Show us mercy. Yes. Sometimes you have a condition. You see that the doctors and all the specialists and they have they have gotten to their wit end. It's not like you are dying now, but the thing is going to be with you forever. You need God to show you what mercy. And that's why you go to Shiloh like Hannah went to Shiloh in the presence of God and say, God, settle me now. By your mercy, do what? Nehemiah chapter 9. What? Watch it. Because some people are, as I'm preaching right now, some people still don't feel like they need mercy. That's why I say, our, one of our sisters in this church, when she was in the university, she comes from a very good family. 
Every Sunday, she was in my fellowship. We used to be a prayer fellowship like that. She used to, and then one of the uncles, who was very rich, came on campus and met her by the rosary. He said, where are you going? He said, I'm going to pray. He said, ah, anytime we call you, you, know, you are going to pray. I'm coming to visit you too. You are going to pray. Ah, well, is there something wrong with you? Do you need something? Why are you always going to pray? Blah blah. He said, hey, uncle, I'm going to pray. He said, no, you, if you need something, tell us. He said, hey, so we pray because we need something. We don't pray because we need something. We pray because we are insufficient in ourselves. Praise the Lord. We are what? And the only way we become sufficient is in God. Is in what? So without God, dear, <laughs> what is man? This scripture is one of my favorite scriptures. Today, may you also see it. 32, 932, Nehemiah. Watch it. Are you watching? Is it coming? Put it there, please. Nehemiah. Beautiful. Now, therefore, our God, the great, the mighty, and the terrible God, who keepeth covenant and mercy, let not all the trouble seem little before thee. That has come upon us. And please, if the Bible is yours, be underlining the people that the trouble has come upon. You keep covenant and mercy. Don't let the trouble that has come upon us be small in your eyes. That somebody is not settled here. Don't let it be small. That somebody is not married. Somebody doesn't have a job. Don't let it be small. Are you here at all? Somebody already has three. And the man didn't stay with her. Don't know. And she wants to marry again. Please, God, don't let it be small in your eyes. Because this kind of weather, Mpono, yeah, it's not very good for those people. Let not all the trouble seem little before thee. That has come upon us. The trouble has already what? Come upon us. Which people has the trouble come upon? That has come upon us on our kings and the line. The trouble came upon which people? Our kings and our princes and our priests and our prophets and our fathers and on all thy people since the time of the kings of Assyria unto this day. The trouble does not respect kings, it doesn't respect princes. It doesn't respect priest. It doesn't respect prophet. You know, in this country, people who can see in the spirit, they are they speak arrogantly as if they are the only people God called and they are the most important people in the kingdom. Because they can see, say everybody envies them. That's a very useless thinking. It's a very useless. What should the Malam also say? And thank God I can see in the spirit. But there's nothing special about it. Especially if it is God who reveals to you. Just when one sort even what makes you special? Something that you don't have control over. So what And some trouble prophet in And I like it when he talked about the priest. You know, so that you say, Oh, when we were young, 
they used to tell us that if somebody was even preaching and teaching and you look into the note, it means the person is not flowing by the spirit. When we used to attend prophetic meeting, that the real man of God who is by the spirit, as he quoted the scripture, he started preaching koto lobo, koto lobo, and then a friend spirit preach and drunk and he drunk hey the trouble has located the kings <laughs> princes priests prophets hey fathers and all all say all even thinking that you are not in trouble is a sign that you are in trouble already. The thinking itself is a troublesome thought. Hey. And that's why I was praying. If you are king, you must pray for what? Mercy. You are a prince, you must pray for what? Mercy. Everybody, no matter your, that's why I'm saying that, no matter your status, you must seek God for what? Mercy. Is somebody going to seek God for mercy? You shall find mercy for settlement in the name of Jesus. Oh, this month of March, the Lord will hear your prayer. You shall be settled in the mighty name of Jesus. Shout a louder, amen. Please rise to your feet right now. Wow. You have been listening to the Testimony Word broadcast from the Keeper's House Chapel International.